0: Hey, it's Donnie Bobine. Thanks for checking out the show. Just want to let you know that each week, I literally bring on some of the best in the world to coach me on growing my business. What you're going to hear is live conversations I've had with some of the greatest business professionals in the world as they guide me how to grow my company, Success Champion Networking. This is real, this is raw, this is completely unfiltered, and it's really them pouring into me so I can grow my business. My hope is as you listen to this, that you'll get real value that'll help you grow your business. Do me a favor, if this brings you any value, please leave me a review wherever you're listening to this and that would mean the absolute world to me. Hello champions, this is Donnie Bovine and I'm reaching out to bring you another game-changing episode. Today, we're cutting through the noise and speeding straight into the core of personal evolution. I've invited my friend Brian Bogert onto the show. He's a trailblazing transformation coach with a massive goal to impact over a billion lives. Brian is here to break down walls and shed light on cultivating authentic self-awareness, embracing our vulnerabilities, and aligning our actions with our deepest intent. This conversation is set to revolutionize the way you navigate life. Today, champions, I entrust you to carry out Brian's wisdom into your life and take action on his ideas. You ready? Let's do this. Welcome to Growth Mode. Man, I love when you get in conversation with people that you've had a couple of previous conversations and you just jive. Same personality, same, same ambition, drive, and goals and the like. So Brian and I, we got to you know, share a stage together down in Atlanta. It was a freaking blast with Zach Knight and the crew. You know, so I'm excited to bring you guys him today. You know, right, one of the biggest things that I totally understand that I truly believe there's no greater tool on the planet to meet the dude in the mirror than building a business because you're going to find out what the hell you're made of really damn quick. As you've worked with all the people you've worked with over the years and the like, what's the biggest thing that kicks somebody's ass mentally when they're actively
1: trying to build a business? Yeah. You know, I would tell you it's, it's interesting and working with some of the world's highest performers and people who have gone to crazy levels. What, It becomes very obvious working with a number of people is that the majority of our population believes that they're stuck because they have the wrong strategy or tactics in place, right? Or they Hmm. have the wrong like objective external metric, right? So it's like, man, if I just had a better sales system, if I just had a better leadership team, if my teams were just a higher caliber, if I could hit the $1 million mark, then all of our, it's all these external metrics. Now, I want to be really clear. Strategy and tactics are critically important for leveraging and scaling our lives and our businesses. For sure. But they're never the reason you're stuck. Right. And so, what I find often more than anything is the singular greatest contributor to keeping entrepreneurs from living the lives they want, having the businesses that they want and deserve always comes down to the trash from their past. For now, sure. As what is trash from our past? We'll, we'll unpack elements of this as we have our discussion today. But the reality of it is that the trash from our past is a combination of our emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning that have created intellectual, emotional, and physical narratives that have been formed into beliefs that our life is then only further validated, and that's why we continue to repeat the same cycles. And so the first thing I have to say before I go any further, just so that everyone hears this abundantly fucking clear, the trash from your past is not your fault, right? But it does become your responsibility the second you become aware of it, or you start burying others in yours. And so that's the biggest shift in this, is there's no shame or blame in this concept of trash from your past because everyone has it. I've not met a human being who doesn't, right? So, but that always comes back to that. And I don't care what business problem is going on from a leadership perspective, almost always there's some root source that's connected to something that has nothing to do with what's right in front of them. Dude, I love this. So I have invested in therapists, coaches,
0: you know, and have done some deep damn work in this. I, hell, I've gone so far as doing EMDR. Yeah. If you've never done EMDR, I highly freaking recommend mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, Mandy Morris, who was one of my therapists, kicked my ass with that EMDR stuff. Yeah. Dude, you want to talk about feeling back to layers and getting the shit you didn't even know was there. You know, I'm one of those guys that my entire life had been that if I could just get to X, we'd be able to do X. Right. Right. And that's always been like my biggest hang up. And it, it's, it's that, that idea of life will be better when yeah, versus right now. That's one scope that I've never dove into to figure yeah. out why I, I, I play that particular game. Um, I know it. I've read the books. I know the tape. I know that it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. but it's always
1: there freaking it feels least. like the truth though doesn't it oh
0: dude all day long i'm like dude when yeah. we get the company here god imagine and i know damn well as soon as we get the company there it's going to create a whole new set of problems we're going to be leveling like, up in a freaking arcade game you know now you got to learn all these tools and you know and everything in this level yeah so so um but i've never done the deep dive to figure out why do i play that particular game
1: yeah, I mean, we can, we can certainly you know, ham an egg around that a little bit today if, if that's an area that you want to go down. For sure. I, I do think that this is a really common thing, right? I mean, yeah. think about how often this exists in our world in general. Our world teaches people to find the solutions outside of themselves when very rarely is it outside of you, right? Yeah. Well, it's it because we create our own ceilings. We do. Well, here's the, actually, I'm going to argue that. Okay. We maintain the ceilings that are set for us with our emotional triggers and environmental conditioning. And why do I say that? Dude, when we're born, think about this. You've been around young kids, right? You know what this is like. I know you just celebrated, you know, a niece that had a great college graduate. Like, I know that you, you know what this looks like, right? So when a kid is born, anytime in the first five to seven years of their life, they are the brightest, most authentic burning light they will ever be. And most curious. And right. Curiosity and wonder are what shapes them. That's exactly the point. They've got this charisma. They've got this curiosity. They've got this way to just like navigate through the world with wonder and zero ego. Right? Right? And then what happens? And unfortunately, it happens earlier for some people, depending on the environment they're in and what this happened. But inevitably, there's some combination of this. Parents, teachers, coaches, employers that start saying, you should do this. You shouldn't do that. You should be this. You shouldn't be that. You should want this. You shouldn't want that. You should live in this house, have this kind of car, make this amount of money and be in this exact zip code. Oh, dude. I think the most tragic thing in the fucking world
0: is if you watch kids that are like three years old, you put them in a park. Mm -hmm. They are fierce. They'll go up and talk to anybody. The the, the next kid they meet, they're like best friends right then and there, right? And then somewhere along the way, the, 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 prejudice is a strong word, but it's basically what it is like the, the, well, you can't like that person because happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. I, I, it, it's tragic. It is tragic, but it also makes sense, right? Because here's what happens when we get all those shoulds should is a shame-based word and applies whoever you are and whatever you're doing, you're not good enough. Right. Right. So the second should comes out of your mouth, even in the morning, man, I should have gotten up earlier. I should have worked out today. I should have eaten better last night. I shouldn't have had that last dream. You immediately put yourself in the shame and blame cycle. Okay, so here's the other, there's two directions I'm gonna go with this because I want you to understand this and everyone to hear this because this is what's real, okay? Are you familiar with Hawkins' scale of frequency? No, actually. Okay, I so power versus force, David Hawkins, yep. he's got a, a scale and he measured it, it. The scale goes from zero to 1,000. He measured and put a lot of study into zero to 700, okay? Okay. So there's still a higher level of that. Now, let me give you some framing. Shame is the lowest registerable frequency on the scale. It's at 20. Okay. Okay. Courage is at like 200, self-actualization is like 700, 98 to 99% of the world are stuck between 100 and 150, which is fear and anger. Dude, that makes 100% sense to me. And so if you understand that the second you put yourself in shame and blame, you lower your frequency, like way low, right? Which also then means your vibration lowers, your authentic voice lowers, and what's happening? You're now all of a sudden hiding yourself behind this armor because you're, you know you aren't rock, rock, feeling well. You're not w- moving through the world well. And so the world sees that. So shame is one of the most toxic things. I think it's the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing because it presents itself as about 50 other emotions and people don't normalize and un- really understand it. But to the protection side of what you just hit on, this is, this is what happens, right? We all as humans want, seek, and desire four things. We all want to feel safe. We all want to feel protected. And those are not the same thing, by the way. Correct. Right? We all want to feel seen and understood. And we all want to feel connected. Now, Donnie, the second you walk into an environment that you don't feel seen and understood or connected or safe or protected, what do you do? Oh, fucking alienate.
0: Like, so for me, I'm I, I hate crowds, right? Yeah. Because I can't control the environment. So if if I if like if I walk into a room where there's tons of people, you'll see me aim for the wall. Yeah. Right? Because I gotta be by a doorway, I've got to have
1: my back where nobody's behind me. Which is armor. It's self-protection. <laughs> Because what, yep. what, really what happens when we walk into those environments, again, I don't care if it's a networking event where we think everybody wants something from us instead of for us. If we're going back to see our family after 20 years of holidays and we just have this belief on how it's going to go, right? Any one of those environments, we protect ourselves. Now, you know those 35-gallon black trash bags, right? Yep. I want you to imagine unfolding one. It's now this big square. Don't open it like you're going to put it in the can. Mm-hmm. Leave it flat, okay? Grab onto each corner and hold it up in
2: front of your face. Kay. Okay. Now that's your armor okay it's a trash bag for obvious reasons because the armor protects pain okay Okay.
1: now the second that armor goes up let's look at anybody in your life that you really care about them wanting or you wanting them to see you understand you and connect with you at the deepest level who's who's one person that you really care about that with? oh it's elizabeth without a doubt okay elizabeth i figured it was okay now here's the case there are going to be moments, even in your relationship, that this dynamic happens, even though you guys are, you've been together for a long time and this all takes place, right? So now all of a sudden, anything she said to you that made you feel uncomfortable, your armor is up. Oh, okay? I, it happens, right? You for get sure. triggered, you get defensive, it goes there r- real quick, in, right? In, 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 in and in 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 the irrational shit's the ones that drives you nuts. It's like, why am I pissed right now? Totally, right? <laughs> okay? And so, but here's what I want you to understand with this. How could you properly... How could you ever expect her or anyone else to see you, understand you, know your heart, your soul, your desires, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, what your boundaries are, what you value, what you're worth? All of that delivered through an opaque force field. And oh, by the way, that's assuming that they're not carrying their own level of armor that's going to fully oh, yeah, dilute they're the fucking their message. Out in front of them as, as well, right? Right. It's right. like you're trying to compare. And so you're competing. You're you're communicating through two invisible force fields that are just diluting the message, right? Sure. Which which is one of the core concepts we teach. Which is look, the second you protect yourself. You actually guarantee you're going to disconnect yourself from who you are and what you want. The two things you want most, which is to be seen and understood and to be connected. So we teach frameworks around this. But to your whole point on like, why am I always looking outward? Well, it's because the world has told you what you should and shouldn't want. The world tells you and teaches you how to chase the what. They don't tell you and teach you how to chase the who.
0: This is so fascinating for me. So um, growing up as a kid, grew up dirt freaking poor, right? You know. Um, the only people that had money in my world was my grandfather and my uncle patriarchs of the family, old gray hair fuckers that were assholes, right? (laughs) I mean, I, I was pretty much worthless. I know deep down they both love me, but yeah, pretty much worthless. Like, like when I got one of my greatest sales jobs of all time, my uncle who huge executive and I called him, he's like, call me when you get a real job. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, so even to this day, I stumble when there's a senior of course. adult male in the room, right? Because mm-hmm. my triggers automatically fire off, come like, you know, I got to step up. I've got to, And yeah. so, so it's an ego play. But I just want everybody to hear that. But that's exactly that protection thing it's, going up. And, and it's
2: 100%, instantly.
1: right? It's 100%. And oh, by the way, what I will say is they, I guarantee you, didn't think that you were a piece of shit and not worth it. It was their own pain, their own protection that was I, incapable of absolutely. showing you the love. Right. And I know, you know that, but I just say that because that's that's also part of the truth. By the way, I've got some of the same identifying triggers as it relates to me with type A or perceived hierarchy of men. For years, I struggled with that dynamic. And it's only something in the last few years that I've really effectively like stabilized. And 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 a lot of it had to do with really starting to understand what was happening. And I'll tell you, for me, you've met me, you've been around me and anybody who's watched this for this amount of time knows I've got a huge freaking energy. Right, hey, like I know I do. For years, I didn't own it. I'm loud. I talk fast. I walk into a room and, and I've been told people know I'm there even if I haven't said something. So cool. I don't know if that's real or not, but I know I have a big energy. Now, I operated with shame and anger for years. I'll give you examples of what that looks like and why, but a lot of it has to do with things that developed early in my life, just like everyone else. But here's the reality. That meant that every time I walked into an environment where there were type a senior or perceived hierarchy males. Okay. I had associated narratives on what that meant about me. Yeah. Oh so God, before I, I even that. went into that room, what would I do? I'd start anticipating, expecting like, I'm going to get this feedback. And then what am I trying to do? I'm trying to prove to everybody in myself that how I'm the smartest guy in the yeah, world. right? Yeah. Yeah. God, I still understand that. And so what also happens with that? I come in and I'm crazy yeah. fucking Fort Knox armored. I'm like, I'm not showing weaknesses. Competitive yeah. I'm gonna beat. The, you're right. All these things, but here's the crazy part: giant energy delivered through armor is confusing as fuck for people,
0: and it makes you look like you're the exact opposite of what of you're who you to are. Project. Exactly. Dude, I, I I told a couple people this, like when we were in Atlanta, I was watching the room. Chris Dadian's a good motherfucker, man. That guy, he, he is. He's uh, awesome. He 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 actually asked me to watch the room with him at one point, and it was so cool because there was some heavy hitters in that room, some guys, you know, nine figures and things, right? Mm -hmm. They've done some really cool things. And I was watching this play out in real time. Like the people that you knew had done something, accomplished some really cool things. When those two people came together, it was like game recognized game, right? There was Mm no ego. There was no no posturing. But when somebody who hadn't done something walked up to that same thing, you'll watch the posturing and the ego and you watch the people who had done things. Their dynamic chain, The energy just get, get lowers. Hundreds, oh, it was so wild to watch yeah. that play out in real time. Yeah. You know, but it, but it,
1: was a, it was a huge telling moment for me because I'm like, God,
0: that's what I look like. A lot of damn years.
1: Well, and the reality is I've been studying human behavior, human connection, and human performance for about 20 to 25 years. And what's funny is it's only been in the last five that I really feel like I've gotten to a place that I've been able to unlock it, not only for myself, but at the highest of high levels for even my clients. Because when you're existing in it, or you are personally still hidden in armor or have a large degree of things that are unconscious in the way that your life has been patterned, right? It feels like you have no influence or control over your destiny. So what do we try to do in that time? We over control to create our own level of safety. And that level of restriction is also part of what contributes to our lack of freedom, our ability to have abundance, our ability to connect deeply with people, because we get into this environment where if we can control it, then we're going to be safe, right? No different than what you talked about. It's like, look, you learned early in life that, man, I've got two men that are the patriarchs in my family that make a lot of money. And so what did you do for years? Because you felt like a piece of shit. You tried to get their recognition, their love, Your attention. Their yep. Guess what? Do you know how many high performers, including myself, learned to receive love, validation, and connection through performance? Yeah, right. It's based on what we did or how we showed up, which it also comes full circle to say, well, of course, when well, I get to a million dollars, then all my problems are gonna go away because I'm gonna have the respect. People are gonna love me. They're gonna understand me, right? And so that's partially why we're always chasing things outside of ourselves and are like, oh, it'll all be okay once I get here. But there's no final destination, only constant evolution itself. So
0: I had an interesting twist to this. So mine wasn't so much achievement, even though I did some really cool things throughout my career. As a kid, I learned that if I could tell the right story, I could get fake accolades.
1: But that's performance too. Oh yeah. It's putting on a performance. That's that's, that's what I mean by performance. Okay. 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 It's, it's, it doesn't mean that I get accolade based on the things that I do. It means that my love validation and connection is contingent on how I show up or what I do, not who I am or what I hear. Bingo. Right. Right.
0: Because it was, you know, I, I, I thrived on people going, Oh, man, Donnie, you're going to be so amazing. Look at all the cool things you're doing Yeah. when I wasn't doing cool
1: things, but I damn sure tell you, I was right, right. Because Um, you weren't getting the recognition, the love and the connection in other ways. And so you'd fabricate stories that you believed would impress people that would ultimately then help you feel good about yourself. But it also further and further separated you from who you really are. Correct. And then that's what goes back for me. Running a business
0: has been so cool. Because at some time, at some point, you run out of your own damn excuses. go. you know. And and unfortunately, and I think this is a, is the truth for a lot of people. You got to hit some sort of rock bottom, mm-hmm. so you finally quit using all your bullshit excuses and start fighting. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. Um, and and it's it's funny because I have to I I referenced this quote from somebody who now is in our world nine months ago. She wasn't. She was getting ready to come to our retreat, and she was assled and, and really struggling with this concept of investing in herself, right? She'd started her business six years ago, but hadn't done anything with it. Wasn't moving. And I just asked her a question. I said, look, if you do nothing, or if you follow the exact same path that you have, where are you going to be six months from now? What's going to be different about your life? And she ultimately went on to say, well, I guess I'm going to have to surrender to the fact that when I run out of excuses, there really are none and there never have been. <laughs> It's a great place to be. Right? Nine months later, she's in a position where she not only has clarity in her business, she's actually stepping into her voice in a way that she'd never been able to because of a singular decision to realize like, okay, well, the excuses are also protection. Again, the second you protect yourself, you disconnect yourself. And so right. that's one of the big things that we often ask. It's like, look, when you react, when you get triggered, when you do get defensive, when you start getting
2: on and operating from fear, what are you protecting? let just ask the question- what are you protecting? right? see for me, the fascinating thing, the way I tried to conquer this, and it didn't
0: work by the way, was to try and constantly put myself in situations where I was forced into those rooms, forced into those conversations, and what that didn't allow me to, what it made my force feel bigger, of course, <laughs> right. Um, because I constantly had to whip the ego out, I always felt in those rooms that I had to be as boisterous. you know, I'm a sweet, loving dude that is, that when people meet, think I'm a hardcore type a yeah. you know punch in your face type of guy. I'm also the same dude that at my summit, they put a poster on the back wall and marked a number of times I teared up on stage I love it. trying to pour into people, right? but because I've had such an armor over the years, mm-hmm. I still have such a dynamic edge to me.
1: Um, so- It's true. And oh, by the way, I think even specific to your audience, right? <laughs> um, do, do Does your audience know what you call them? <laughs> but, uh, we call everybody champions. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: <laughs> not <Yes. the> re- <laughs> Here's where- yeah, I'm of- going
1: with that though. Corporate armor is a real thing.
2: Yes. Right.
1: I think people try and be one person at work and a totally different person right. at home. And I mean, literally, there are people who physically are like, oh, yeah, my suit and tie. This is my armor. I'm going to work. I'm getting ready to yep. go to battle. It's like, yep. wait, what? Did you even listen to what you just said? Like you're right. But here's the thing. I fit into that as well. Right. And, and it was one of those areas where it's like, you know, when I was 30 years old, I bought a $100,000 Escalade with cash because I couldn't. I wanted to. Wasn't for me. It was for everyone else. Yeah, right. It was in the same period of time where, yeah, I had my arm torn off when I was seven. I've had 24 surgeries. My body's all imbalanced. Well, guess that? What does that mean? Well, if I'm going to wear a suit and tie or a sport coat, I can't go buy something off the rack. And if I do and I go get it altered, it's never going to fit. So I did custom clothes always. But here's the difference. The need to have custom clothes is one thing. The need to just then justify in my own ego that buying a sport coat for $5,000 that had all the right offset stitching and the right button combination. And it like, that was not necessary. And I wanna be really clear here. I'm not vilifying nice things, but what's the intent behind doing it? If it's to make you feel good, great. But for me, that jacket was armor because when I put it on, I got attention. People loved it. They thought I was more credible. They believed that I could show up and do things that, right? It's like, did I have to do that then? No, but I didn't know any better but it was corporate armor, because what was I really protecting? I was protecting the fact that I didn't want the world to know how much I was suffering inside. I didn't want the world to know that I was operating from shame that I didn't even realize. I didn't want the world to know that I had anger that would come out in my house, in my house alone, right? I would hide. I would protect myself thinking that I'm gonna be safe, but what did I do? I woke up at age 27 realizing I had all the what's I ever wanted in the world. House, car, money, clothes, wife, beautiful kids on the way. But it cost me the ultimate price, brother, who I was. And I've spent the last 12 years rebuilding.
2: Oh,
0: well, you got six years on me because I'm only six years on the journey. Dude, I grew up in the self-help game, right? So I've read the books, done the tape. And so for me, that was actually a armor of sorts because it was one of those things, man, if you listen to the tapes, you go to the conferences, you know. Then you you must be improving yourself. Absolutely. You must be (laughs) fucking great. Um, and it wasn't until years of doing that that I finally looked up and I'm like, dude, I'm the same guy I was five years ago. Yeah. 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 And, oh, it happens that same year. I decided to walk away from corporate America and fucking launch a company. Yeah. You know, because I realized that, you know, my entire journey had been living somebody else's retirement plan. Hey, Donnie Bobine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking, and I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com. And I look forward to seeing you there. Yeah. Um, and being somebody else's retirement plan, you know, and it's, and it's fascinating. Because you, you, I heard all for most of my sales career, you know, you got to meet the dude in the mirror. You got to work on yourself and you got to do all these things. And nobody was giving a good explanation right. of what that meant. Or even so, how to get there. Right, right. Um, so I had to come up with my own definition of what that meant Uh and it came down for me is knowing who you are, is understanding why you're having the emotions you're currently having at the moment. And that's Uh my
1: best definition so far. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go as, as far as to say this, I, I like the definition that you just used, by the way. I think that knowing yourself accomplishes a couple of things, but the highest of high performers who have put in the work down the path that you're talking about. They understand the intellectual, emotional, and physical narratives that exist within them. And they have the ability to be aware of all three and balance and regulate between them as they need because they will all lie to you and they will all tell you the truth. I think that finding yourself and getting clear in yourself allows you to have what we call a strong spine and a soft front. A strong spine is if I know who I am, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do, where my boundaries lie, my value, my worth, all of where my emotional triggers have come from, I've unpacked my emotions, I've actually done the work and done all these things, then guess what? I can walk in any environment now today and be unwavering. I don't care who's in the room, what's happening, like not, n- really nothing rattles me at this point. I mean, you, were, you weren't in the room, but shit, I told a story of what took place in the emergency room when I went down before I took the stage in Atlanta, <laughs> right? And, 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 and anybody who knows the hospital that I was at understands that they're nationally known for the number of gunshot wound victims. I've right. been getting stitched up at 3am in the morning next to three gunshot wound victims, two of whom are in handcuffs, two of, or one of which has an interpreter. And I was completely calm and comfortable. Because I've done the work. And so whether I'm in the highest of high caliber billionaire rooms, or I'm in the lowest of low across our society, at the end of the day, what I understand is that we all share a unique, but common and universal human experience. See, I'm still getting that. That's impressive. It really, really is. I'm 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 still a
0: work in progress in that arena because um I, when I was doing Sandler training, I, I listened to a trainer once upon a time and he said, I almost lost my business because I didn't understand that it was all about me when it should have been all about them. Mm. And I I think for a lot of my journey, that's been my narrative. Yeah is 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 i thought it was all about them but it was really about give me my accolades right give me give me my fucking knowledge acknowledge my existence bingo right and so when i get close to that that's when the emotions start coming out because it's something that i've been trying to strive for right but i've been trying to force my way into that arena yeah versus understanding that I don't need the accolades, right? This is about pouring into them.
1: Yeah. So so that's what triggers a lot of this. Here, here's what it all comes down to though. And it hits on what you said before. The, the model and the pillars that we developed were a result of the fact that nobody, there was no model out there that could show me how to do this right, in a, in, in a singular pathway. Like, wh- what are things that I can do? What's a process I can go through to really understand myself better? Because here's the reality. All this is about is allowing ourselves to see what really is true right in front of us in every single moment, so that we are empowered to respond versus react, hmm. okay? So to your point on understanding your emotions, why is this important? Well, one of the things that led us down this path, and I mentioned my anger. What's funny is when I executed my buy-sell in my $15 million risk management employee benefits consulting firm, right? And I'm coming out here to pour into the world to help everybody get to the core of who they are. Less than a year after I left, my wife sat on the back patio with me and went on to tell me that things I'd done, ways I'd shown up, had contributed a path that caused her to lose who she was. Bro, it was like a fucking dagger to the heart. No shit. I mean, dagger to the heart because I'm literally trying to go pour into the world. And I've said for years that I'm a husband and father first, only thing binary in my world. Now all of a sudden I'm going from believing that I've finally left my old world, I'm living into my power and potential, I'm going and chasing my life, I've got the best marriage ever, and now I don't know if I'm gonna be married for another 30 days, right? So I had to surrender in that moment, but
2: here's what it would look like. My wife would ask me simple questions like this. Hey, honey, what do you wanna do with the kids this weekend? But my shame filter would he- cause me to hear it this way. Hey, honey, you've not done enough to be a good husband and father here recently,
1: so what are you gonna do to make up for it this weekend? He triggers my shame, All of a sudden, I feel my defensiveness rise relatively quickly. My chest puffs. I feel the heat rave. And then I rattle off the 10 things I've done in the last four days to show her I'm a good husband and father when that wasn't even what she asked. Right. 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 So understanding ourselves better is about understanding how these things move through us so that we can catch it in the moment and move through it. Right. We won't we won't go through all the pillars today. That's not the format and structure of this call. But but why is that important? Right. One of the pillars is this concept of flip the lid. What does that mean? It means I can flip the lid in any given moment and I have awareness. I have ownership. I've done the work to unpack so that I can see what's real right in front of me. And now I have the ability to move through it. So my wife could say something to me today. And if I feel trigger, if I've done the work to understand myself better, even if I don't understand the source of it in that moment or where it's coming from or what it is, what I can do is step into ownership and communicate clearly so I can say something like this. Hey, honey, what you just said, I felt a little trigger to, and, and it tells me I probably didn't hear you correctly. Do you mind restating it? And I'll try to hear it through a more neutral lens. And if I'm not capable of doing that, maybe we can just pause this and revisit it later. Why? Why is that so important? Because doing that takes ownership. It doesn't put any blame on the other person and it creates zero damage. Whereas a reaction like I did before created damage, which then takes more time, more energy, more effort, more c- capacity to create repair and then reestablish trust from what we've just taken away. Dude, I love that because I've, I've gotten really good at
0: flipping off the handle and then going shit, which is by the way
1: progress, right? Mm Because many of us don't even do that. Didn't do that for years. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And literally I'll just, I'll walk back up to her and go long day. Yeah. Not you. Right. Not how I Mm should have showed up. My apology. Right. And it doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Right. But it makes a little bit. Right, you know, I, I, like, I like getting out front of it. That's going to take a practice. But...
1: Well, and, and again, all of this is relational and it's important with how we move through the world. The, 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 the piece that I really think is incredibly meaningful is that all of this work is about putting yourself as much in the present as possible. Again, so that you see what's real right in front of you. Because 99% of the time people are reacting not to what's in front of them, but what the trash from their past has convinced them to believe about what they're feeling in this moment, right? right? How often do you wake up Someday, and it's like your body feels off, your emotions might be down. And then, oh, by the way, it's like your physical narrative and your emotional narrative is now trying to convince your mind that you're scarce, you need to put in more control, you aren't safe and protected. And now all of a sudden, your mind starts perseverating, trying to figure out how am I going to fix this, right? But here's the reality we carry such deep levels of cellular memory that our physical narratives and our emotional narratives, as well as our mental, will actually lie to us. So, like two weeks ago, I woke up and I felt like totally low frequency on the tail end of a really high day. And I had everything to look forward to. And I sat with it. I just really wanted to pay attention to it. I did the work to unpack. And I literally said to my wife, my body's trying to convince me of something that's not true for me right now. <laughs> And so all this is about is about actually regaining real influence and control in our lives without having to control it so that we can move in those moments because right, Here's one of the concepts we teach, and I won't, it I won't. It is one of the pillars, but I won't go super deep on it. It's move, which is the last one, because I believe move people, move people, and what is this all about? It's about moving through these moments, okay? But what does move mean? It's how do the emotions move through your body? How do they move through your world so that you can move through them? What do I mean by that? How does it move through my body? Well, in corporate America, sometimes my sales process would be 12 to 18 months long, right? And so it could be 10 years long in some cases, but there'd be 10, 15 buyers in the room, multiple different decision makers, really complex deals. And the way I worked is I would do most of the front-end work before I would bring my teams in. And then I would measure my success on onboarding new clients by how quickly I could have them stop calling me as the guy and go to the team, okay? But what would I do is I I would control the whole deal until we either write it or we're getting ready to write it. And then we'd go and we'd sit in the room and I'd inevitably have partners with me or team members. If you haven't noticed, I'm loud and I talk fast, right? The number of times in those environments, I'd be sitting with a billion dollar client and my partner would lean over and be like, shh, hey man,
2: you don't wanna talk so fast. You can't talk so loud
1: in this environment. And because I wasn't clear and said it to myself, what would I do? I'd shrink down, I'd bite my tongue, I'd physically fall down, even though everybody was in that room because of me. Like I put them all there, right? And I couldn't own that in that time because I still didn't see it clearly, but shame caused me to shrink, my jaw to lock up, okay? I told you about how anger moved through my body, defense right? It rises up through me. Now, why do I tell you this? Shame moves through my body five or six different ways. Anger moves through my body five or six different ways. If I don't understand the pattern of how they show up in my emotions, my physical cellular memory, and my thoughts, how am I ever going to identify what's really happening right Right. Okay? But once I understand that, then I can look at how does it move through my world, i.e. those things that trigger me. Now, there's over 50 shame triggers that I'm aware of and over 60 anger triggers that I'm aware of. Okay? Why is that important? Well, when my wife's two little chihuahuas go batshit crazy when our doorbell goes off and my sensory overload goes up to here, every part of my nervous system, my body's trying to tell me, like, to react, scream at the dog, shut up, like, I can't handle it, like, I'm just totally locked up because that is a hard trigger for me, okay? Why does that matter? Because if I don't have the ability to catch it in that moment and one of my two special needs kids comes and jumps in my lap, what energy and emotion do you think they're receiving from their dad? 100%. Okay. I
0: mean... I deal with this With my dogs Right So I've got Two young German shepherds And they are High energy And my younger Of the two She can't help herself When we let them Out the front door Onto the farm She's gonna attack The other one Not hurt them, <laughs> playing But just full on Go at it I mean slam the shit Out of it And one day Out of Completely irrational I'd never done before I chumped two leashes At her And the leashes Come out of my hand And I went What the fuck Did I just do I mean these are metal on the end, you know, full thing. I love animals. And I literally just launched these leashes and I went, holy
1: shit. Because you reacted in a moment. Yep, 100%. And again, this is the difference between separating in the moment between reaction and response, because that's where we get back influence in our businesses, our lives, our relationships, our health, our finances, is about really being able to spend less and less and less time in this energy. Right, dude, I was an angry, shameful person. I would feel that low frequency energy for months and years. If something, somebody pissed me off, man, I held a grudge. I just didn't admit that I did, but I felt that energy. I felt that reaction, right? Months and years of my life. And then I started to learn how to do some of these things. And then it would become weeks and months. And then it became days and weeks. And then it became hours and days. Then it became minutes and hours. But now it's in a place that if I get triggered, I only exist in that energy because guess what? I'll be triggered for the rest of my life. There's many things I don't get triggered on anymore because I did the healing. But now I'm in it for minutes and moments, which means I've got more capacity, more energy, more focus to be able to go deploy around the things that are important to me. And when I don't have to constantly be going back behind myself to create repair because of reactions that took me out of the moment, right? I have more ability to have everything I want in my life and my business. And so that's what we're really trying to help people understand is look, again, there's no final destination, but do you know what it feels like when you get triggered? I think you do, you've done the work, okay? For sure. Here's a gift, because if you can do nothing else in in our pillars or understand the framework, if you just do these two questions in the moment of trigger, I promise you it will change your life, okay? The second you feel trigger, I don't care what it is or what it's about. The second you feel trigger, I want you to pause and ask yourself two questions. Is what I'm reacting to right now due to what's right in front of me or the trash from my past?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And the second question is one I asked earlier, which is, what am I protecting right now? Because if you can separate yourself to understand those second questions people, at a me, minimum yeah. you start to be able to understand what is really going on. Two powerful
0: questions. That, that second one is like, what am I protecting? That's a freaking deep ass question. That's you know, if if you have not head down the path to do the work, then um you're gonna uncover some shit that that, yeah. that you're not even prepared for.
1: No, and and I mean, honestly, like a a great example, I told you about what happened in anger, how I reacted and what happened. What was I protecting in those moments? Because I care so much about being the best husband and father I possibly can. I'm committed and I've said for years, I do everything for the benefit of my family. And now all of a sudden I'm being challenged. I'm being challenged as if I'm not good enough. I'm not a good husband, I'm not a good father. Like the idea of that was so foreign to me that the near implication from my partner that I'm not going above and beyond already, I immediately was like, fuck that. Like, that's not congruent with my belief. But here's the other thing. And I've been teaching my kids this since the day they were born, okay? The world will never judge you based on your intent. The world will always judge you based on your actions. So if you don't believe that you're being received in congruence with your intent, what actions do you need to change?
0: Dude, I love that. So there's a philosophy that I keep playing with and I keep coming back to it and back to it and back to it. I'm starting to put it on more on social media. And I know I'm on it because more and more people keep leaning into it uh, and sending me DMs about it. But I think that judgment comes from being judgmental. And I have this true theory that, that if you want to turn off or do away with The thinking other people are judging you, then you have to quit judging other
1: people. So I would agree with that, but I'm going to take it a layer deeper for you. Come on, come on. I think the only reason people are judgmental of others is because they're unaware that they're actually being judgmental of themselves. I agree with that 100%. Right? And so I agree with you completely on judgment. That's also why most people are like, hey, Brian, how do you meet people like wherever they are? Like, how do you do that? How do you walk in? And I said, well, I force myself in every single environment to view it people and where they're coming from as objectively and non-judgmentally as I possibly can. I'm working on that.
0: Like right? Chris Dady and when we were in Atlanta, you know, I, I'll keep coming back to it because it was such a powerful moment for me. He said, look at this room. Yeah. He goes, I believe I could teach every person in this room something. And I said, instantly, me too. He goes, "So, where you and I different at the moment? He goes, I think I could learn from every person in this room. And oh, I went, bingo. Oh. Bingo. I'm not
1: there yet. But see, that's the truth too. Like, I mean, I I love how he said that because that's part of being objective, right? It's being less interesting and being more interested. Yeah. Because if you can just ask questions, it's amazing how a really well-calculated question can diffuse all armor like that. And you can facilitate a safe and protected space so that you don't, you're not even receiving things through armor of others. And then if you do it through a place of pure inquiry, Dude, I, I, I genuinely believe this point, at this point in my life. I've been doing this probably well over a decade on this component of it. I believe I can learn anything from anyone in any moment. And as long as I don't assume or try to position that I am better than, more evolved than, more intelligent than, right? At the end of the day, we all have our own unique set of skills and experiences that have shaped us to become the people that we are today. Right. Some of us have more intellect. Some of us have more emotions. Some of us have one and a half arms uh, because of trauma. (laughs) Others, right? Like I mean, but legitimately, like we're all in a different place. And so, if we can start viewing people as people, and trying to just understand and respect that everybody's got a story, everybody has trauma, whether it's a big T or a little T. Everybody has pain. Everybody has protection, and everybody has an unlived potential that they still haven't reached yet. And I think if people would stop looking at people through the eyes
0: of that's how people see me bingo right it takes a lot of that away because as i continue to try and get into these bigger rooms bigger conversations alike i'm learning to shut up and be the observer because i've found some of the strongest people on this planet are usually the quietest motherfuckers in the yeah. room and
1: i've always been the loudest and so I talk a lot in environments that I'm leading or in conversations or different elements, but when I'm in a room or I'm participating in a mastermind, I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, unless, really unless the time is that. right and I can add value, but what do I do more often than not? I'll ask questions. Yeah. Right. I'm learning. I, cause I was
0: always, I've always been the guys like, Ooh, I got the answer. Let me tell you, right. Let me solve that yeah. for you because that was the
1: accolades. But right? the other thing that you said is it's like people I can't remember the words you just used This area, but you said people are basically reacting to what they believe others view of them yep right 100% yep and so great point in this again i'm just trying to give examples so that it's tangible for people to understand this i told you about the armor and how big energy delivered through armor would confuse these people right yep. what did that come across as to them ego arrogance aggressiveness right i was associated with and often told that i was an asshole yep and it would like whip me to shreds. Cause I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's like if in your head, you're like, I'm the sweetest, nicest no, person. I'm like, I, I like, love, love people. All I want sure. is what's best for you. But, yeah, but again, what I was actually projecting that energy in the room that was not trustworthy. It wasn't understood. But now when I go into those exact same rooms, like I don't have anything to prove to anybody, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to compete. I'm not trying to establish my value or my worth cause I've established it internal. So it doesn't matter what anybody else or anything else means. So what am I there to do? I'm there to do what I always do, which is connect with others and help them see themselves more clearly. And the best way to do that in most cases is not to walk in as if I know everything, but to, again, observe, gather information, ask questions, make some analysis, but also don't make any assumptions. The other thing I do when I work with people that I'm like working with, or if I, if I did this with you, right, I'll almost always, one, ask for permission before I give feedback to somebody. That I learned a few years ago because go ahead. I can come across blunt, right?
0: You know, yeah. I and it's unintentional, but it's I tend to speak to
1: people how I want to be spoken to. Yep. And then the other side of this is when I do that, I have some really unique gifts to see people put words into their into their experience of what they're actually going through. To I mean, I, I see and feel people's pain. I know where the protection lies and I pull their potential out of them. But as a result of that, Right. What does that mean? Well, sometimes when I'm working with a client and often I have to give this framing and caveat, I'll I'll say something like this. After I get permission to share, I'll say, Hey, look, I want to be really clear that whatever I'm about to say to you, I have no pride, no owner, no pride of ownership, no ego. And I don't care about being right. I care about getting right. So Mm -hmm. if what I throw your direction doesn't land, it doesn't feel right, push it back immediately because I am in never, I am never going to try to tell you how you feel or how you should feel. Hmm. What I'm going to help you understand is how you actually do. And then let's figure out how do we actually help you move through that. So if it doesn't land, tell me, right? Because what does that also do? They feel safe. They feel protected. They don't feel like I'm judging them. They don't feel right. And often my direct bluntness is around an area of trauma, an area they're fucking up, an area that they're blind, that they're doing something. And if I don't frame that environment, what's going to happen? The second they hear it, if they're not primed, ready, and already have a deep established trust with me, armor goes up, they immediately detach, which takes away from everything that I want to accomplish anyway, which is to get to know people better so I can set them free.
0: Yeah. To to, to this point, I had a gal this week as we record this, um, and she said, I just don't know how to get my business to move forward. And I said, what have you tried? She's like, networking, all this stuff. I said, let's go old school. Let's do cold calls. And her eyes just popped out of her fucking head. I said, okay, what just went through your head? She goes, I can't do that. I said, what if you could? She goes, but I can't. I said, what if you could? I said, right now, well, here's what I want to do. And I made her pull up her database. And I said, let's go right now. Pick up the phone and call. Beautiful. And she was almost in tears, shaking everything else. We sat there and made 40 calls together. She, she never cold called in her life. She set three fucking appointments, right? One that she's meeting today as we record this. I'm so excited to follow up with her to see what happens, right? But I don't teach sales training anymore. This is the shit I used to do back in the day. But she was so hung up on how to move her business forward because sales was a yeah. four-letter word to her, yep. yep. right? That I'm like, no, fuck it. We're going to jump in right now. But to your point, I had such a trusting relationship with her. Mm-hmm. She trusted me enough to push her off the yeah. fucking ledge so we could get it done.
1: But how many entrepreneurs... Don't even understand their true value and their true worth. Oh, how can you tragic. ever effectively market yourself? How can you ever effectively sell if you don't know your value and worth? Right? It's unbelievable. Now, I know you said that this is a show where you like to get coached, and we've been down this process of dialogue. Do you want to put some of this into motion for a minute? Yeah, let's we'll play. Let's we'll play. We'll All right. Play. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna ask a couple questions, and we'll just navigate. Uh, we're gonna take this cool. freestyle. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to tell me what is your biggest problem in business or life currently? Uh, uh it's the, if I get here, we'll be the, there. Okay. So how does that show up in your world as a problem? I know I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, tell me, yeah, yeah. H- um, how are you aware so, that that's showing up as a problem? So, uh, I will find myself in this fictitious
0: belief of that we're going to get there. That I don't have to push it there. So the behaviors and things I need to do to grow the business go to the back burner because mm-hmm. I, I, it, it shows up as osmosis, right? We're just going to
1: osmosis our freaking way there.
0: Yeah. When I know damn well it takes me moving the levers to yep. make it
1: work. Okay. So do you have moments in your business that you become aware of this and you start to feel it? It takes over. You're perseverating. Like tell me how it shows up specifically. Like if it's a problem, do you experience it? Um, like a trigger moment or you're getting ready to go out or is it shame because you aren't doing the activities necessary? Like, give me a little bit of framing. Uh, it's
0: going to be definitely shame. Um, okay. It's also going to be a, a, a concoction of, uh, of, I know it's going to suck. Okay. I don't want to do it. So it's projection
1: on, on it. top of that. Okay. Right. So shame and projection probably the two. And so give me a specific example of a moment when this energy and emotion hit you in your business recently. So
0: I set a behavior that I was going to do 20 reach outs on LinkedIn, going to do five reach outs and emails and uh, do 20 comments a day on LinkedIn. Uh, did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yesterday hits and chaos of the business. I get to the end of the day, knowing this is shit I'm going to do. And I'm like, nah, we'll do it tomorrow. Right. It was a conscious choice and I knew I was fucking doing it. So what happened is I didn't sleep for shit last night.
1: Right. Because mm-hmm. I did, I knew I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. Got it. Okay. So you have a high level of awareness, which is cool. Cause you're already able to artic- articulate these things and put yourself in this position. So last night you didn't sleep. What, what were you feeling in your body?
0: Uh, anxiousness. It was, uh, uh, actually slightly act of almost desperation to where uh,
1: questioning
0: myself
1: okay. and how I showed up. Right? Okay. So I follow you completely. I'm gonna challenge you a little bit to go a little bit deeper and a little bit more granular. okay? And I wanna be really clear, the fact that you labeled it as an emotion and you also had associated intellectual like, protection and pattern of thought that came with it, beautiful. So keep doing that. Cool. But that's how most people answer it, right? They answer the question of how it feels in their body as like an emotion or a feeling like it's heavy or I can't breathe, right? I nope. want you to get into your body physiologically. So what's happening with your heart? What's happening with your lungs? What's ha- are you locking up anywhere? Are you shrinking down? Are you expanding? Do you feel tightness in your body?
0: Yeah. So for me, it's a hundred percent. No, it's not a hundred percent. So tired head tired, right? So so it was a hundred percent mentally exhausted, um, because of a heavy mental lifting day for a lot of reasons, but um walked out um exhausted in general. Um my shoulder yeah, yeah there it was it was the shoulders right so okay so it, it was heavy is the word that comes into play but shoulders lock up get tight type of thing is that what you're meaning uh yeah tight's a good word it, okay. they, they they
1: um my wife and i go on a walk and i felt old how's that okay
2: how was your heart rate and your breathing i really don't remember um Let's just talk about laying in bed last night. You're laying in bed. You've got these thoughts going through your body. What's physically going on in your body at that time? Um, Thoughts. Tons of thoughts. Um. Anxiousness. Edge. These are all
1: emotions. They're
0: not actual. Okay. Let me give
1: you an example, though. Like anxiousness for me. If I'm perseverating in my head in bed and I'm not able to sleep, I'm tossing and turning. But here's what happens. My heart rate is typically elevated and I can tell if I'm paying attention. I will often feel a rise in my body temperature when I'm feeling anxious. Yes, yes. Right? So so that's those are the kinds of things I'm trying to talk about. My breath will get more shallow unless I'm intentional with it, right? I I notice myself breathing less and it's almost like I've got this weight on my chest even though I don't. Um, Does that resonate? Yeah, I I get hot. I know that one for sure. So you get hot and your shoulders got tight, okay? So we'll just use those two for a minute. I was looking for at least two and now I've got two. Cool. so if you look at that pattern of physiological response, when is the first time in your life you remember feeling the same associated response? I feel like I'm back with Mandy doing therapy sessions. Temperature
0: for show, it would have been a moment of embarrassment. Uh, um, God is always going to go back to the same asshole. Fourth grade uh, male teacher. Um, he was the first guy to look at mom and dad and say that I was heading down the wrong path and I wasn't going to be anything when I grew up, right. Uh, which set me down the path to see if I could piss off every teacher from that point off,
1: right. And answer this question for me. And then I, I just saw something. So I'm going to give you something back here in a second, but, cool. um, what were the intellectual and emotional feelings in that moment or the narratives that were created because of that interaction with that teacher? Um what I mean by that is like I'm not good enough. I'm gonna to prove to the world like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I'm never gonna accomplish anything. Like I, like what are the intellectual and emotional uh, Yeah, when you start to believe as a result of that moment? If I'm
0: not gonna be anything, if I'm gonna be an asshole, let me prove how much of an
1: asshole I can be.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: So what's really interesting is what I just walked you through is a way to compress literally a lot of this, at least to get to the source or source of things and the patterns relatively quickly. Because what just happened? You were told by a teacher that you're on the wrong path. You're never going to amount to anything. You're fucking up. You're not getting things done, right? And what do you associate when you don't hold yourself to the same level of standard within your business that you believe needs right. to happen for you to be success, yep. right? So it's immediately attached to the shame. And then to your point, it's like, you have that other switch that's like, well, now I'm going to go fucking do it to prove it, right? And you kick it into action, which is a benefit to you,
0: but Ooh, only-
1: uh, Let me
0: explain it a little bit differently than. then. It wasn't a, mine was, 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 let
1: me show you how bad I can be. I get it. I get it. Okay. Because okay. you wanted to live into that narrative. Yeah. But here's the reality. Why is this fucking you up right now? There's a part of you in the rebel, badass, fucking asshole of you that still wants to say, fuck this. I'm going to be able to just by osmosis, grow my business. Watch me, motherfucker.
0: Yes. Yes. 100%.
1: Right. And so the narrative that's all attached to this is literally still the same thing. Well, shit, if I don't make those calls, if I don't do the LinkedIn outreach, if I haven't done the 20 and the five, oh, fuck, I'm I'm on the wrong path. I'm not going to make it. I'm not worthy. I'm not like shit. I'm not going to be good. Right. And what you know is shit, I'm writing my own destiny now. I have to take control and influence over this and get ahead of this. But what's really happening inside your body's reacting. It's like, no, fuck that. I don't want to follow the structure. I don't want to do those disciplines. I don't want to fuck you. You said I'm on the right path. Right. It's all reaction around self-protection, okay? And so here's the other side of it. Bro, you're not a fucking asshole. You're not on the wrong path. In fact, you're elevating and bringing people onto a path. You just articulated a woman that has a sales call as a result of 40 first-time cold calls that she's ever made in her entire life, right? Now, will that one person take care of everything in the growth of your business? No. But I know that for her, there's 500 more of her that you've already worked Correct. with and helped, Correct. right? And so part of this for you is, is starting to recognize and separate it from success and right or wrong. Because for you, you're still sitting here like, the only way I can get through this in my business is if I'm disciplined and do these outbound outreaches and do so accordingly and consistently. By the way, there's elements of truth to that pragmatically, for sure. okay? But the other side of it is, the way you operate in the world is different than most. It's not always about just doing those activities. It's about paying attention to what's in front of you. And I know you, and I know that the presence you hold is actually one of the ways that you get most of your people moving. hundred percent, hundred percent. And so the question then becomes, how do you hold that same space for yourself? Because what did you just do? You coached her through things that she said she couldn't do. I can't do that, I can't do that. And you're sitting here going, fuck. I'm not gonna make it. My business isn't gonna grow. I,
2: I, can't, I can't seem to be disciplined enough to get this done. Don't define it as success and failure, right or wrong. The question becomes,
1: are you living in alignment with who you are and serving those who you want to impact in the way that you believe that you can and to the best of the ability? And if you answer no to some of those questions, and the question isn't, I should do this, it's what could I do or would I do differently to ensure that I put myself in a better position and also give myself the grace and compassion that I deserve because I made a commitment to do this and I did it the first three days of the week. So I actually crushed my commitment because I didn't do it last week, but I did this week at least three days. It's positive forward
2: momentum. And now you learn from it and you can separate from the outcome. Good way of looking at it, dude. Um, I like the right and wrong angle. The, I hadn't
0: actually thought about it through that particular way is I could probably challenge it most of my life. I've lived through that lens of, is it right or wrong? Dude, I grew up in a house where there
1: was one right way to do everything. <laughs> okay. I didn't, but I can imagine how hard that but, is. But, hum- but, but to the point of what I mean by that is, is like, who fucking determines what's right and wrong? Right. What I love about Ryan Holiday, he's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. He says, there is no good or bad without us. There's the event that happens in the story we tell ourselves powerful statement. It's hugely powerful. It's deeply in alignment with me. But here's the thing. I have never followed the traditional path in any industry I've ever been in, despite so many people telling me I'd never be successful doing something different. But guess what? I'm not everybody else. Right. I'm me. And the only thing I know how to do is me and the ways that I think and operate through the world. And the more I honor that, the more I'm rewarded. It's more when I try to change myself to become or fit within a system or a set of disciplines that ultimately
2: intellectually makes sense, but doesn't always serve me. So, who says it's right or wrong? I like it. I like it. Damn, dude. You're going to change a lot of lives,
0: kid. You got to keep going big and loud. This was fun as hell. Um, you know, you and I have spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, but we've spent some pretty good times talking together. I did not understand the depth of you. And I have so much more respect for you for this conversation. I had a ton of respect for you prior too, but, but now I'm like, holy shit, there's levels of Brian that I, I did not know was there. So uh, Thank kudos, you. Man. the work shows, right? The, the time, the energy, the discipline you've been putting in on yourself, it shows. Um, uh, that's a cool caliber to get the opportunity to experience. So thanks for being you, dude. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. So let's do this, man, because there's people that are going to want to find out about the other pillars and the things you're into, your world. How do people get in touch with you? How do they reach out? How do they pour into you and learn yep. from you?
1: Yep. If you are a, a web person, go to BrianBoger.com. There, you're going to find a whole bunch of not only free resources, but we run a variety of virtual events, webinars, two and three day events where we're actually showing a lot of service based entrepreneurs how to stand in their power and potential and actually become the authority in their space by owning who they finally are. Now, it's a really overly simplified way of doing it, but we teach the five pillars of ways to wealth through there and we have a variety of other ways to engage. But the website's probably the best place for an all-inclusive understanding of ways to engage in our world. But if you just wanna start a relationship, I'm at Bogart Brian on every social media channel and I love to engage, I love to ask questions, and I love to really be able to give feedback because, And what I didn't say earlier is we're on a mission to impact over a billion lives as quickly as possible by reducing the level of suffering that exists on this planet, largely of which I believe exists internal. Okay. So here's the truth. Suffering exists in four places, I believe. The things that are left unsaid, the things we lack permission to feel or say, the things we lack the words to articulate or understand, or the things that are left undone. And so... Mm -hmm. Here's what I believe, 99.9% of the people that we impact in that billion are never gonna pay us a dollar and I'm completely okay with that. Uh, But here's the truth. I live my life to allow my truth to give others permission to live theirs because not only do I free myself every time I act and do on my own trauma, understanding deeper elements, it's better for me. But what do I also do? I give people permission to feel and say things that they wouldn't have without hearing me. And I'm also giving them words to articulate and understand their situation so that they can free themselves by acting and doing every time you're vulnerable on stage, every time you tear up on stage, Donnie, you do the exact same thing for people. Every time we operate from a place of vulnerability and authenticity and share our real stories, that's the place. So we have a community that's free for 30 days for anybody to come in. Why? Because I don't want finances to be a barrier for people to get the help they need. And this is one of the ways that we serve at the lowest level. So if you are interested in learning more, check us out. Come be in our community for free for 30 days or jump into one of our, our, our webinars. And uh, look, I, I just want to get as many people moving as possible. God, brother, we have the same
0: mission on that, man. Dude, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. My honor to freaking get to know you. Hopefully, we can bring a lot of people to your world to dive in further and get to know you. So, But guys, if you've made it through this far with us and you're still hanging out with us, do us a solid take a screenshot wherever you're listening to this or wherever you're watching this, put it on social media, tag me and Brian in it. We both see it. We'll come comment. We'll come engage. We'll put love on it. Right. And help get you attention. But it also helps us to understand that this is the content you want us to keep putting out there. And this is things you want to keep showing up. So Brian, thanks for doing this brother. Uh, Truly, truly my honor to have you here.
1: Grateful for you, brother.
0: Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually
2: get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.